Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Yeah, a couple of you doing okay? How the rest are you doing today? Good. This past Wednesday night, uh, I did a teaching from Mark since I was unable to do it last Sunday. It is online. It's available. We dealt with the topic of the unforgivable sin. So if you feel like you just need to see that or hear that, you can go onto our website and follow along there. Uh, This is not in my notes, but uh, didn't Justin do just a fabulous job with the communion this morning? I was so encouraged by that, brother. And I feel like after watching you, I was thinking, man, every Sunday I just need to get up and say, hi, my name is Josh, and I'm a sinner. And because the fact is... While we are different in the particulars of our sin, we are all the same in that we are sinners in need of grace. Amen? Amen. And so wherever you've been, whatever you've done, here's the good news. And what we're going to dig into this morning is that there is hope because there's a man who came and his name is Jesus. And he was unlike any other man. He was not just a good man. He was the God man. And he lived perfectly, he loved perfectly, he died perfectly, he rose perfectly, so now you and I have hope because of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, can I just get one more amen this morning? And then you can go back to sleep, okay? Well, according to my calendar, this Wednesday marks the first day of spring. Things are getting greener. The weather's going to start to get warmer any day now, come on, just sometime. It's going to get warmer, it's getting greener, and I can't breathe. Anyone else not able to breathe this morning? Hang in there, July is coming, September is coming, December, some of you are going, nope, it's year-round. There's another reason I know that it is springtime. My neighbor is preparing her garden. Early in the morning, she is out there tending to it. Late at night, she is tending to it. And yet, while I do not see anything growing yet, she is already hard at work getting it ready. In fact, I asked her a question not too long ago. I said, tell me what you're doing right now. She goes, oh, well, this is dirt prep season. Now, listen, I grew up in the city. I am not a farmer. I am not a gardener. I did not realize that dirt needed to be prepped. She goes on to say, she goes, oh yeah, it's got a lot of things you've got to do for the dirt before it's even ready for the seed. She said, so one of the most exciting days of the year is when you get to turn the dirt. And I said, my kids do that every day of the week in my yard. There ain't nothing exciting about that. She goes, no, 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 no. It's great because what you do is you come out there and you turn it. Get some air over the surface of the dirt. You loosen it up. She said, but it's not only that. You've got to make sure that the water is just right for the soil. You've got to make sure that the pH balance, the pH balance, what's that? She said, never mind. And she keeps going. She explains all these details. She says, you've got to do this and this. And there's all these things you have to do to get the soil ready. I did not know that you had to help dirt become better dirt. But Jesus is going to say just that, and if I'd read my Bible a little closer, I would have noticed that he wasn't simply giving gardening tips, he was talking about our lives. So here's my question for you this morning as we turn to Mark chapter 4 and look at the 
parables, the stories of Jesus. Here's the question. How's your dirt, church? I have a friend, when I was telling him what I was talking about, he said, oh man, the title of your message needs to be Dirty Christians. And I thought, that is not the image I want to give to people. But I'll ask you, how is your dirt? This is the question that Jesus poses to us in the first of the four parables in Mark chapter 4. I'm going to ask you to stand with me now this morning in honor of God's Word. These are the words of Jesus. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat on it, or set it out onto the lake while all the people were along the shore at the edge of the water. And he taught them many things by parables. And in his teachings, he said, listen, everybody say, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell along among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still... Other seed fell on good soil, on good dirt. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. And then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was done and alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others... Like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, put the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times what was sown. Would you bow with me? Father, we want to be good dirt, receiving what you give. We need you now. The truth is, Lord, there is nothing in any of us capable of doing or being who you've called us to be. We need you this morning. Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts. Lord Jesus, go before us, make a way that we can follow you well. 
We ask this now in your name. And all those who agreed said, Amen. You may be seated. All right, let's just kind of start with the basics, okay? This is a parable, one of four in this chapter. And this one is about a soil, seed, and four, or excuse me, a sower, seed, and four soils. Now, first, let's start with a very obvious thing. What is a parable? The word parable comes from the Greek word parabole, which means alongside. You'll notice the first four letters, para. We get the word parallel. You have parallel lines that run next to one another. Parabole is alongside. A parable is simply a story that comes alongside you, that matches up with things that are true about life, about reality. And as you understand the story, you understand something greater about life, about ultimate reality. And so Jesus, a master teacher, uses stories, analogies, examples, ways of saying, this is truth, so now you understand it for the rest of life. And he begins here by talking about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom is like, and he gives four parables. Now, we're not going to look at the other three this morning, because if you understand the first one, you will understand the other three. This is what Jesus asks. If you don't understand this parable, how can you understand any? So he gives a great explanation about this one as a key, as a help for the rest of the ones in this chapter and as you read Scripture. Now, this story, let's just kind of get to the very basics. Obvious point Dirt cannot produce fruit on its own. Dirt, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, has no ability to produce an apple, a pear, an orange, a kiwi. Mm. No ability. You say, Josh, how do you know this? I know this because... We used to have a big bag of good dirt in my garage. It was great dirt. It was that dark, dark dirt. You know the kind of dirt I'm talking about? The kind of dirt that it is, it's so rich. You almost, I mean, it's soft. It's great. I got to tell you, we had that in there for weeks. I'd go out there periodically. I'd look in there. Nope, no fruit. Nope, no fruit. Not once did I look in there and see that the dirt had spontaneously produced for me a banana and I wanted a banana but no because we know that dirt on its own cannot produce fruit you need a seed and this is what Jesus is beginning with he says there was a farmer the farmer here begins with the picture of God going and sowing using Jesus as the seed that is being spread out that God begins but you and I get to continue now in the age in which we live but God the sower scatters the seed on the soil now let's talk about seed for just a moment here locked inside of every seed is the ability the power, the resource to produce organic life. You plant it in good soil, you plant it in good place, you plant it in the right way, and it will produce life. However, you keep it out of the soil and nothing is going to grow in that space. The seed is the thing that produces life. 
We're told here that the seed is the word. Do you notice that in verse 12 or 13? He says, this is what the word is. He says, verse 13, don't you understand? Excuse me, verse 14. The farmer sows the word, the word of God. The seed comes, it begins the work, and it grows into something beautiful. Now, here's the problem, folks, that most of us don't like. None of us have the ability to produce life within ourselves, to create in ourselves the joy of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the self-sacrifice, the self-control, the kindness, all the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. None of us have within ourselves that ability. Here's why. We are just dirt. Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you came? In fact, if we go back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, we're told that God formed man from what? From the earth, from the dirt. But man does not become a living being until God does what? Do you remember? He breathes into this clay form, this dirt man and life happens you and I cannot produce life from within ourselves it must come from a supernatural source outside of us no amount of hard work no amount of moralism no amount of self-help no amount of effort will ever change who you are today it is only going to be because of the seed the word the gospel of Jesus coming into your life and changing you from the inside out and some of you are very frustrated by this Because you work hard at being good. But I love what one friend said. He said, have you ever gone through an apple orchard and heard an apple tree grunting and groaning, going, out pops an apple. Never happens. It is naturally produced by that which is in it. And some of us have gotten to the point that because we can't produce fruit, we have resorted to tacking on fake fruit. We just glued on, we come to church, we try to look a particular way because we're trying to produce something that we are not capable of producing ourselves. And some of us, we're just looking to other dirt for the same help. So you go to Barnes and Noble or you go on Amazon and you buy books about how to get your life in order, how to fix that which is broken, how to reconcile relationships. But the problem is you're simply getting advice from more dirt. You need the seed. I need the seed. And so Jesus says, there's a farmer. He goes out and he begins to scatter his seed all over and it produces things. How does it produce life? Well, let's look at what Jesus says here. He's going to make a very interesting point. He's going to talk about the four soils. And here is the bottom line. If you want to jot this down somewhere, maybe you have your Mark journal, page 58 is a great place to put this in. That's today's date. But maybe you want to write this down. Here it is. How to work the gospel in. It's very much a depth issue. You say, what does that mean? I'm going to explain it. But write this down. It's a depth issue. Here's what I mean by this. Let's just take a little look at the ground in which Jesus is working. Now, this is a picture from the Judean area, most likely near uh, one of the, obviously built upon one of the hills. One of the things you'll notice here, and this is true of the way that they would do their cultivating, their agriculture in the ancient world, 
On hills, they would build up brick by brick, stone by stone, uh, flat places all across the hills, across the mountains, and they would farm those areas. And there would be pathways that would run between them. So, for instance, here's one of the paths. But mixed in would not simply be a pathway. You would also have things such as rocks and rocky places, areas that had natural outcropping of rock because this is on a mountain, on a hill. Or it would be areas where they had excavated rock and it would be a rocky pile. And so you'll have rock places. You also had... There we go. You also have areas of underbrush and thorns, places that are very dense with other forms of weeds. And then finally, you have the good soil, the area that is flat, that is perfect for cultivation. And now notice what Jesus is showing us. He says there are four different types of soils. We might call them four different types of souls. You have the hard path. He says this is the soul that is hard, that is just dense, that is not soft. And so when the seed lands on it, the seed cannot go very deep. In fact, as soon as it lands, the birds come, the birds land, the birds take it away. How many of you have ever dealt with birds eating your grass seed or eating your produce? How many of you don't think about angry birds, but you get angry when you see birds? This is the problem. Some, the soil is so hard that the seed can't go very deep. But then he says there's others that you got a little bit more depth. It it, it goes in a little deeper. Instead of just rocky soil, you now have, or a path that you have rocky soil. So it gets down just a little bit maybe, and it begins to germinate, begins to grow, but then it hits the rock. Life's hard. God disappoints you. You don't get what you think you want from him. Or maybe like the crowds, you follow him for the miracles, for the moments, for the gifts, for the things he can do. And then when you don't get those things or he disappoints you, you're, I'm out. By the way, I I need to just call a side note for one second here. Church, one of the things that is killing the church in North America is the self-help prosperity gospel. Your best life is not now. Your best life is forever with Jesus. And the problem is when we teach people that if you come to Jesus, you will get more, you will have less difficulties. When you train people in this, what happens is when life does not work as they have been told it will, they burn out. The sun comes down, they're scorched, and they're dead and gone. This is why it is so damning and damaging to not tell the truth that life is difficult and following Jesus may actually be more difficult at times than easier. Can I get an amen? So he says there's one, there's, the seed doesn't go at all on the path, it gets down just a little bit, but then the difficulties kind of, it burns out, but then there's others where the seed, it goes deep, it does go deep, but only as deep as all of the interests and cares and concerns of life. Well, I got to think about my kids, I got, oh, that job situation, where are we going on vacation? What will we do here? How will this happen? And all the other things. We love God. We love Him. But our love for Him is no deeper than the things that we are doing that we care about as well. And he says, those things will inevitably choke out the seed. But the good soil, the good soil, 
That's the kind of soil that the seed goes deeper, deeper, deeper still. And it is that which grows up and produces this great, great crop. Now the question is, how in the world do you produce or how in the world do you cultivate seed? Because here's the reality. You can't cultivate fruit, but you can cultivate the soil. Did you know you can cultivate your soil? We do it here every Sunday. In fact... Some of you are getting a great power nap right now. That's great, okay. Some of you, though, are cultivating the soil right now. Cultivating the soil, it's very simple. You can't produce fruit, but you can cultivate the soil. You read the Word of God. You get in the Word, not just one day a week, but every day. You are letting it come into you. But you don't simply read it. Something we do here at church is we want to reflect on Scripture. We want to think about it. Another word for it is meditate. Some of you, again, meditating right now. Not what I'm talking about. Meditation. Uh, Let me give you an image. I've given this before. How many of you have ever seen not just a dog, but an old country dog. Any of you know what that is? You ever seen one of those old country dogs? And here's the picture I want you to get. Pick in your mind some mangy old dog, the kind of dog that doesn't care what it is. If he gets it in his mouth, he's going to chew on it. You know that kind of dog? Imagine this dog now is given a bone. Takes that bone One of our dogs in the neighborhood growing up, his name was Nick. Big old black dog that was just a sweet dog. Everyone loved Nick. Sometimes people would feed Nick, and so we'd give him a bone. He would take that bone on a neighborhood tour around to all the other dogs. Like, see the bone I got? It's good, it's good. He'd go around, he'd show everyone. After he was convinced that everyone had seen his bone, he would then go find his special place. It was in a back corner of the fenced-in area. It was pitted out from where he had sat so long, so many times. He would... Get there, he'd look around, make sure no one was watching, and then he'd spin a few times and slump down, dust everywhere. And then he'd begin to just, just gnaw on this thing, not for a couple minutes, but for an hour at a time. That is the picture of reflection on Scripture. You don't have to have a lot to chew on, you just chew on it a lot. You get into the Word of God. You take it in. You begin to reflect on it. You begin to play it out into the realities of your world. You talk about it in your groups. You discuss it with your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You talk about it at school. You talk about it with parents. You begin then to explore how to do it in your life. The depth of the seed is a matter of cultivating the soil. You read it, you reflect on it, you respond to it, and then you see the results of it. This is the picture Jesus wants us to have. Now, the reality is most people in America say they believe in God. Most people in America believe that there is a powerful God, that He's a loving God. But when trouble hits, how do they respond Do they respond in light of the wisdom of God, the love of God, the care of God, or do they completely freak out? You remember that time you got the letter from the IRS saying they were going to audit you? Me neither. Anyway, how'd you respond? Was it with peace and grace saying, hey, I can do this. God is with me. We'll work through this. Or did you freak out? When you got the news, that phone call, 
the doctor, the policeman at the door, the relationship, the job. How did you respond? The problem is not you trying more. The problem is we have not allowed the seed to go deeper. The Bible tells us that your God, the God who breathed galaxies into existence, loves you. He is here for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Does not mean it'll be easy, but you have a God who goes with you. When you face criticism, uh, when, when when you drop the ball in a big way, Do you remember the love of God instead of the criticism? Do you reflect on the fact that God loves you, that God is so insanely pleased with you that he sent his son Jesus for you? Do you reflect on that reality and say, my identity is in this. It is not in the applause of men. My identity is in this. It's not in what others say. My identity is in this. It's not in how I perform. My identity is in Christ. You are working the seed into the depth of the soil. This is the picture he wants us to have. And he then says this. Did you notice? The results are ridiculous. 30 times, 60, 100 times. Now, now let's just be real clear. In the ancient world, a farmer, a really good farmer, could expect when they do their crops just right, they could expect to have two times what they invest in it. Two times. If that really, really, really good farmer has a really, really good year where all the variables work out, it's not two times, but he could expect a four-time return. Jesus is not talking about man-made effort and man levels of success. He says, as you simply receive, as you rest, as you read, as you reflect, as you work the gospel into the soil of your life, he will use it to supernatural effect. Now, there's one problem with this passage, and I think it's one that most of us saw as we were going through it. Did you see it here in verse 10, 11, and 12? Do you notice he talks in parables, and, and clearly not everyone gets it? So some of his followers say, uh, tell us what's going on, Jesus. What is this all about? And Jesus says, well, I speak in parables, quoting from Isaiah. He says, I speak this way so that certain people will not understand, but others will. You say, well, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying God does not want people to come to faith? Understand, the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying. So what did they do? They went to Jesus and asked him. Parables are a filter to find out if you want what God gives you or if you want God himself. See, a lot of people follow God for what they can get from him. They don't really care if they get God. The followers who wanted to know Jesus went to him and said, tell us more, tell us more, teach us. We want to work this deep into our lives. And so... The seed comes in, it produces a crop, it grows. There's one last little problem that I have with this story. Can I be real honest with you this morning? I have a problem with it because I don't really like the metaphor of a seed. I wish Jesus had said, let me tell you, the gospel, the kingdom of God, it's like a sword. I can, by the way, I can get behind a sword. 
That sounds pretty cool. Or it's like a hammer. Or, or it's like a fire. Let's use some Old Testament. I want the God of the Old Testament, biblical wrath of God, burn them up. Let's go for it. That's the kingdom of God. But he does not use a picture of overt strength, but one of seeming weakness to describe the work of the kingdom. Because the seed is not simply the words of God. The seed is the word, uppercase W, of God. You guys remember how John 1 begins? In the beginning was the Word. How did Jesus come, church? Did he come in fire and fury? Or did he come to humble beginnings, to peasant parents, to a menial job, to a community that rejects him, to finally a death on the cross where he was trampled underfoot? where he died for us. This is why in John 12, Jesus says, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it will only remain one seed. But if this seed should die, Jesus goes on to explain, if he should die, he will bring life for many. Have you ever considered the fact that but one acorn seed holds within it the potential to cover a world in trees? Because it dies and a tree is born with more seeds that die and more are born and more and more. This is the gospel. This is the kingdom. This is the work of God. Never coercion of forcing, but always invitation of working saying I want to come in I want to be a part of it and I want to give you one final image there's a picture behind me of a large stone and as I understand it this particular stone once did not have this gash or this crack in it rather this stone once was solid and the idea that anything could grow there was anathema it couldn't happen According to the article I read about this particular spot, the man who lives nearby noticed one day a small crack beginning to form. And over time he began to see just this little bitty sprout, this little bitty shoot just coming up, just coming up, just a little bit right there. Slowly, imperceptibly. He said, and over the time, over the weeks, the months, the years, it grew taller and bigger and bigger until one day he came out and this once solid stone had cracked down the middle. It started small, it started weak, but in time it grew to be stronger than what was seen as invincible. Church, this is what we celebrate every week when we come together. That God himself came and he died and the world said there is nothing he can do about it. And to show how strong we are against him, we put a rock over the tomb. But on the third day, what happened? The stone was rolled away. Death could not keep Jesus. This is a picture of the kingdom of God. Here's what you need to know. You do not produce life in yourself. You partner with God in cultivating the soil. So two questions as we finish this morning. Ready? Have you received the seed? Have you received it? 
Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you put him on in baptism? Have you bent your knee in submission to him? And number two, are you working the seed into your soil, into your soul? Every week, we have a time of prayer, and we're about to do that here in just a moment. But I want to do something just a little different this morning. I wonder if maybe our response today doesn't simply need to be in some big way where we come forward, but maybe today our response simply needs to be as one church, we we submit ourselves to you, God. And so I am going to invite our prayer leaders to the front here and, and go ahead and make your way, gentlemen and ladies. They will be here to receive you in just a moment, but, but here's what I'm going to invite some of you to do. Some of you will need to come forward, and, and not to receive prayers of forgiveness, but maybe just to say, I am so grateful for the seed in me, because God is changing me. Maybe you're like Justin, and you can say, this is who I was, but this is who I am. Maybe that's your story. I don't know where you are. But here is what I do know. Wherever you're at, this is a moment to respond. And what we're going to do is I'm going to pray over us before we then corporately have this time of prayer. And as I do, I'm going to ask you to just have a moment with God. Tell Him what's going on. And invite Him to go deeper. So let's stand. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to pause and let you pray quietly. And then we're going to finish our time with... A moment of prayer in song, and if you have need, you're welcome to come forward at that point. Let's together pray. Father, all hearts are open to you now. You see us in ways that we sometimes don't want to be seen, and you see us in ways that we don't often see ourselves. But Father, we thank you that as you see us, you love us. Father, we confess that there are days that we vacillate between the soils. And God, there are days where I am a hard path and I need your grace and forgiveness. Please forgive me. There are days, Father, where I am just, I'm more in it for what you can give me than just getting you and I am among the rocks help me. There are days, Father, where we as a church are scattered among the thorns and the things of this world just choke out our zeal for you. Help us. Father, we want to be men and women who are open to you. And so now before we continue in song and prayer, Father, please hear the prayers of your people in this moment as we talk to you privately. Thank you, God, for loving us, for hearing us. Please continue to do work in us now as we continue this time of prayer. In the name of Jesus. Here's what I want you to remember as we leave today. Our God came, He lived, and He loves you so much.
There's nothing that you can do to earn his gift, but there's also, Scripture tells us, nothing you can do to get rid of his love. This week, would you soak in and allow that truth to soak into you? May the seed of the gospel permeate every part of your life. God bless you this week. You are dismissed.